Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take more control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. This is Pro Football Blitz with former Super Contest winners Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSAN, the sports betting network. Welcome in. It is the Pro Football Blitz right here on VEASAN and VEASAN.com, the sports betting network. I'm Brady Cannon, live from the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas, Nevada. My partner James Salinas is along via Denver, Colorado, as we near the end of Week 7 in the 2021 NFL season. Good evening to you, James. Always good to be with you, my friend. And before we start diving into what happened today and looking ahead to Week 8, We've got the Sunday Nighter on tap, and I want to get a final preview of this game going down in Santa Clara between the San Francisco 49ers hosting the Indianapolis Colts. We saw this line open up in favor of San Francisco at three and a half. It was bet up to four and even four and a half, and then it has come back down to three and a half, and that is pretty much where we stand now. There are a couple threes popping up in the market as the money continues to come in on Indianapolis here. 41 is your total. I do see a couple of 41 and a halfs out there. Your thoughts on this game, James, and are you involved, my friend? I am involved, so let's just get to where I'm at right now. Let's be real. I'm on the under. I have it at 43 and a half. I did that while we were doing our show last night, Brady. It was actually sitting at 42 and a half. And as I was thinking about it, thought I paid the extra juice. So this is it's a little step out of a play for me. I put 3600 on this, and this is where I'm looking at. With this under, I bought it up to 20 cents to it to go under. Just, for whatever reason, I had this score 23 to 20 in my head. I'm sitting there looking at 42 and a half, just feeling like that just feels like a dead number to me. I'll pay a little more juice on that to get it to that 43 and a half. And really, it was based on the there's injuries in 
involved, obviously, for the Colts. We know that T.Y. Hilton will not be in this game. Paris Campbell back on the injured reserve list for he's their speedster for the Colts. And then thinking about the weather, and we had talked about that in detail yesterday about the wind and the rains and the heavy rains that were going on all through the weekend and what that was going to look like come game time. Well, the the weathermen were actually right, and it is really bad weather out there in Santa Clara for the Sanford for this for this Sunday night football game. So, I think the weather kind of just dictates the fact that we are based on the, some of the injuries there, as well as it's 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 going to be hard to make big plays down the field. And I think both teams are going to have to rely on their defenses. They're going to have to rely on their run game. So I'm playing the under here. Like I said, I juiced it up to 43 and a half. And then I also put a, a smaller play here. I just have a nickel play going with the Jonathan Taylor on a prop. So found one prop that I liked with Jonathan Taylor. He's sitting at 15 and a half rushing attempts. I didn't want to get involved with the yardage or anything like that. I just wanted to do the rushing attempts feeling like, all right, the weather's going to dictate. They're going to need to run the football more. And then the fact that we do have Quentin Nelson, he is back at left guard. He is back for, he's the big nasty. He is the, he's the road grader for that team. And he really, I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping to see. A lot of 21 and 23 dives right there with Jonathan Taylor with Quentin Nelson clearing space behind or out in front of him. So that's what I'm looking at in this game. I think the weather just dictates that type of play. Brady, I know on the other side with San Francisco, you know, they want to run the football as it is. Shanahan's going to want to run the ball. You have Jimmy Garoppolo back in the fold at the quarterback position. No Trey Lance tonight. He is out with a knee injury. What are we going to see from Jimmy Garoppolo? What do we see typically from Garoppolo when it comes to Shanahan more so? And more so, we're not going to be slinging the ball over the field. He typically doesn't want to do that with Garoppolo as it is. He wants to establish a run game, be able to create some of those some of those uh, more play-action passes opportunities for Garoppolo, maybe a little boot action. But I think because of the weather and the wind, it's still going to dictate more of a short passing game and more of a running game for both teams. So that's where I'm at with the under, sitting at 43.5, juiced at $1.20 and also with the rushing attempts for Jonathan Taylor sitting at 15 and a half to go over that total. Yeah, a couple points of law, uh, line equity there with the total as, uh, again, we are currently sitting at 41 uh, just a few minutes here before kickoff. Who knows, maybe it'll get down to 40 before they finally get ready to go. You mentioned T.Y. Hilton. He is out. Paris Campbell also out. Braden Smith along that offensive line is out for Indianapolis. Quentin Nelson will be back in action, as you talk about, uh, coming off of IR, off of that high ankle sprain. Javon Kinlaw out along the defensive line for San Francisco. And on the offensive line, Trent Williams is listed as doubtful for San Francisco, unlikely that he is going to play in this contest. And James, we also talked about this too, the Colts. Are, are we buying in here or was last week against the Houston Texans maybe a little bit of a facade? It was 31-3, to the final score, but it really was not that pretty of a performance for Indianapolis. They only converted on third downs offensively Three of ten times, they were the beneficiary of three Houston Texans turnovers. And Carson Wentz, he only completed 11 passes in that victory. And you also allude to this, too, with the weather being such a factor here. Maybe it's going to be tough for us to really get a good handle on these two teams tonight. Maybe we're not really going to get a, put a good picture of who these teams are. But I think outside of that, it is probably an opportune time on prime time. The Colts are kind of on their way up. They've covered three straight games. The 49ers off of that bye week. It does feel like a week where we're going to learn a lot about both of these teams. Are the Colts really turning it around and going to threaten in that AFC South division? And is San Francisco the team we thought they would be preseason? 
I think the weather is going to have to dictate that both of these teams and both these teams want to run the football. The strength, it is Trent Williams. You mentioned Trent Williams. Was he going to be available? Doubtful for tonight's game. He is inactive, so he is on the inactive list, will not be on the field at the left tackle position for the San Francisco 49ers. So there's definitely a blow there on the backside for Jimmy G. But I think here, anytime we're dealing with wind and especially wet footballs, the field's going to be wet, the balls are going to be wet. My only concern with betting the under here is making sure that we don't have short fields based on that whether it's a, the ball is going to be wet, it's going to be slippery. Does it slip through the hands of a receiver? Does it slip through the hands of, of one of the running backs? Do we have a center quarterback exchange problem where the ball, they don't, they don't, they're not able to execute that exchange properly because the ball is wet. Those are my only concerns with playing this under here. But as far as really, I think the tempo and the pace of play, yeah, you're, both teams are going to have to. I think this is this is what these offensive linemen want to do. The guys don't want to sit and pass block 40, 45 times a game. They want to get after it and go find their opponent on that defensive line and put them in the ground. So I think both of these teams are going to be favoring that running game, looking forward to that from the offensive line. So I think this is going to be a fun game. Probably a bit of a throwback game. We're going to see a lot more rushing than we are throwing the football. And which team can establish that line of scrimmage, control the line of scrimmage offensively, and not make the mistakes, not put the ball on the ground round in a sense because it is the, the the balls are going to be wet so i kind of favor the colts here in that respect just thinking about where they are with their offensive line yeah we know Braden smith's not there but quentin nelson is probably the best run blocking guard in the league and he is going to be back for this indianapolis colts offense so if i was going to play the side typically because i'm invested in the total i don't like to get involved with the side if i got a side i don't want to get involved with the total and have trying to be rooting against myself in a sense if we get to a point in the game that way so here though if I didn't, if I wasn't playing the total, I'd probably be leaning towards the Colts here, plus the three and a half, getting that hook. It just feels like this is going to be, you know, based on the weather conditions as well as running the football the way that the Colts wanted to do coming into the season with their offensive line being the strength of that team, starting to get some pieces back, at least getting Q back there at the left guard position. That is a big lift. So I expect we're going to see a lot of run game out of here, and I would favor the Colts in that situation because I like where they're at now, more consistently running the football than what we've seen out of San Francisco just based on Brady all the injuries that we've seen to the running back position again this season for San Francisco who's going to get the bulk of the carries who are they going to trust who is Shanahan who's Shanahan going to trust with the football in his hands is he going to trust running the football with a variety of backs or is he going to trust Jimmy G coming back off his injury to make some plays down the field I'll take the Colts plus three and a half well, he is missing Trey Lance, which is actually uh, a crucial part of that running game uh, oftentimes for San Francisco, but he will have Jamichael Hasty, Elijah Mitchell, and Trey Sermon. We'll see if that's enough to get past the Colts. We're actually actually starting to see a few more shops pop up with three as far as the number coming down off of three and a half. It looks like over 60% of the tickets are on the Colts. This was basically a 50-50 split all week, but right now it looks like the books will be rooting for the San Francisco 49ers, and I will be too. James I did not lay the points I took the points out of it I played San Francisco on the money line at minus 175 as for San Francisco head coach Kyle Shanahan he has never beaten the Colts in his career not with the 49ers not with the Atlanta Falcons or with the Washington football team he's also 0-2 in his career in games against Carson Wentz however he is 5-0 against the spread when coming off exactly three straight losses and that's exactly what he comes into this game 
as three straight losses in a row for the 49ers. They went into their bye week. They come out. We'll see if they can turn it around. Uh, we will get to the Monday Nighter in the next segment, and we have a very special guest, Hall of Famer Willie Rofe, the old offensive tackle for the New Orleans Saints, also spent a few years with the Kansas City Chiefs. He was with the New Orleans Saints for nine seasons. Of course, New Orleans will take on Seattle on Monday night. We'll get his opinion on the Monday Nighter in the next segment. But uh, until then, James, I want to talk about a game. Go back uh, earlier today, and this was maybe the best game of the day. I mean, it, it didn't end up being that competitive in the end, but there were so many blowouts today. Cincinnati at Baltimore was a good game for a long time, and you and I both liked the Cincinnati side catching points here. And boy, did they come out and put a whooping on the Baltimore Ravens early and often. It was Joe Burrow to Jamar Chase. It was Joe Burrow to T. Higgins. It was Joe Mixon. It was the defense. It was an entire team effort here. 41-17, to the final. They moved to 5-2 and on the year and on top, tied with those Ravens in the AFC North. I thought this was by far the most impressive effort of the season for Cincinnati. It's the biggest victory they've ever had, ever, over the Baltimore Ravens. And I think offensively for Cincinnati, almost the perfect game. Burrow throws for over 400 yards. They rush for over 100 yards on the ground. Only commit one penalty for five yards. So very efficient offensively for the Cincinnati Bengals. And we kind of, we talked about the scheduling spot for the Ravens. Yes, big divisional game with Cincinnati coming into their house. uh, But the first six games of the season for the Ravens, whether it was a competitive game or how they were winning some of these games and how close the, how physical those contests were, it just takes a lot out of you. And I think we saw that in the second half for the Ravens really start to wear down, especially on the defensive side. You saw that big play from Chase, really a short pass, bad angles, missed tackles, and I think the energy level just wasn't there for a full 60 minutes. Definitely great game from the Bengals offensively, as good as you can play. All right, when we come back, we will preview the Monday Nighter with Willie Rope, the great offensive lineman, Hall of Famer. We'll also get his opinion on Sunday Night Football, which will be kicking off here pretty quick. Stick with us. It's the Pro Football Blitz on VSIN. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. Oh, 
OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you. And it is now time to speak with the great Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. He joins us now to preview the Monday Nighter. Willie, a nine-time Pro Bowler, spent nine years as a Pro Bowl player with the New Orleans Saints, spent another four years with the Kansas City Chiefs along that offensive line, his offensive tackle. Willie, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, before we get into the preview of your New Orleans Saints, who will be taking on the Seahawks on Monday night, I want to get a last-minute prediction from you here. They're about to kick off in Santa Clara, the San Francisco 49ers and the Indianapolis Colts. San Francisco currently a three-point favorite. The total is 41-and-a-half. What is your handicap of this game? What do you think? Uh, what do you expect to unfold here tonight by the Bay? How, how well can Indy run the ball? How, how well have they been running the ball this year? Well, you know the 49ers in Shanahan, they like to run it a ton, and I know like, where you're going there. With that weather, you expect a lot of running out of both running, teams tonight. Yeah, like with both teams. I expect a lot of running, and, and since Indy's traveling and they're a dome team, I expect them to be slipping more on the field because it's a, that, that track out there, usually in San Francisco when I play, they, they cut the grass a little longer, and uh, you got to wear those long cleats, so it's going to be an adjustment for Indy. So I expect, uh, I expect San Francisco to... Uh, to get after them tonight, you know, in that game, I, you would think they would they would be they would have an advantage at home, especially the way they like to play football. Yeah, it should be a sloppy track for sure, and I think you make a good point there. Indianapolis not used to playing on that type of turf. All right, Willie, the Monday nighter is up in the Pacific Northwest, and weather's expected to be a factor here as well, with some wind and rain up in the Seattle area. The Seattle rushing attack is a little bit thin. They've got some injuries. Chris Carson, Alex Collins, uh, they do expect to get Rashad Penny back. But the Saints, your New Orleans Saints, are number one in the league as far as yards allowed per rush on defense. And again, with the weather here, you also look at this Saints team. They have not been pouring it on in the running game either. So you wonder if Jameis Winston and Geno Smith are going to be forced to throw the ball in this contest. How do you see this one unfolding? You know, this one is intriguing. I, you know what? I, I still think, again, you need to run the football. You, I, I, was, I was watching some of the game last week when Seattle started playing better. They started running the football and, and keep making Pittsburgh be honest, and you got to run the ball to keep them off the field, especially with Geno. And uh, Geno's got more weapons, obviously, with the receivers he's got uh, at, at his disposal. Uh, but I like the Saints offensive line. I like Jameis better than Geno with making plays. I think it's going to be a close ball game. 
but I really do think the Saints need to stop us to run, and uh, that will help set up everything. If you see a lot of these games this year, the teams that can run the ball have an easier thing. He still gets back to basic football, you know, just like the Tennessee Titans like to run it. And when they had their great game last week against Buffalo, but uh, I like the, uh, I'm taking the Saints, man. I'm taking the Saints because of Jameis. And I think they, you know, I know they don't have Michael Thomas, but I still think, you, like you said, they need to stop us to run the game, both teams. And uh, it's going to come down to who can slow each other down and who doesn't turn the football over is going to be key for that game. Willie, you mentioned the run game, and let's talk offensive line, something you definitely know about. And a couple of players coming back into the fold for the offensive line for the New Orleans Saints with Armstead coming back at the left tackle position. And I think we'll see the center, Eric McCoy, back out on the field. He was hurt in the very first game of the season. So I think we're Mm going to see a cohesive offensive line, the starting offensive line back. And I want to kind of get your perspective on the identity of this offense. We know Drew Bees was there in New Orleans for such a long time, uh, now transitioning to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill coming in for his packages, packages, although Taysom Hill will not be in this game tomorrow night. What do you see the identity now that this offensive line is going to be back healthy? And with Alvin Kamara, there's a few games where he didn't get a whole lot of touches, but it seems like they've been starting to feature him more lately the last few games, running the football as opposed to catching the ball out of the backfield. How do you see with this offensive line back intact now and going on the road, and we know it's tough to play in that 12th man up there in Seattle, what is the identity of this offense going to start to look like, not only for Monday night, but going forward for the New Orleans Saints? I, I think, like you said, with Teron coming back and everybody going back to their natural position, I think they're going to have to run the ball and do the in the play action, and that will free up and make Jameis's job a lot easier when you can establish the run and you can and you can do the play action and get those linebackers up a little tighter. That opens up the lanes behind them. So I do feel like the identity of the football team is going to have to be the feature tomorrow, and like you said, and run the football and establish things, and then it opened everything up for them. So I think both teams going into that game with the weather conditions again, like you said, uh, in the forecast tomorrow night, it's going to be rainy or whatever the situation is, or windy. I think both teams need to go out there and establish a run, and that's going to make it easier for Jameis and Geno. So it's, it's, again, who can establish the run, who can control the clock, and then who can who can make the play. You know, it would be nice to have Taysom Hill back. But I still think the Saints with Jameis are, are an advantage at the quarterback position. And then whose defense is going to step up? Because I know Seattle's Seattle defense has been struggling with some, too. Willie, of course, you spent 13 years in the league, and you played uh, many big games under the Monday night spotlight, the Thursday night spotlight, what have you, primetime games. And I think it's kind of interesting. The Seattle Seahawks will be playing their third straight game in primetime. They lost to the Rams on Thursday night. Last Sunday night, they lost to the Steelers, and now here they're playing on Monday night against your Saints. In your experience, that extra pressure or that extra spotlight is that something that's really difficult? Does that wear on a team, which will now be their third straight time in that spotlight? And then conversely, you have the Saints off of a bye. So they're very well rested. Does that give the Saints an edge in your mind? Well, you, you know, it's we. I don't think they had Thursday night football when I was playing. But, but Sunday night football was big, but Monday night football is the big boy. So when you, said, when you talk about Monday night football, all eyes are on you. You want to go out there and play good. You want to put on a show out there because the league is watching. A lot of teams are at home. Everybody's watching. You play. Your family's watching. A lot of your friends are watching. So I would say that Monday night football game is huge. Uh, I would say that Thursday night games back-to-back, is, well, it, it wasn't bad because they had a work week, a whole week 
prior to both games. So and then and then they played on a Thursday. So they had a, they had a, a couple extra days to get ready for this week. But the Saints should be fresh coming off the bye, and it will be a good big game. And I always got excited when we got to play a Monday night football game. We didn't get to play a lot of them in New Orleans back then when one is good. In Kansas City, we probably played a couple more, but uh, anytime you play on Monday Night Football, you get a little more juiced up, a little more amped up because you know that's a, a big game and Sunday Night Football game. Willie, I want to look ahead now, thinking about the Saints. Big game on Monday Night Football, but an even bigger game on deck next week against the division-leading and Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, they're going to host that game there in the Superdome are the New Orleans Saints, and they handled the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year, both games swept them in the divisions in their division games during the regular season. Uh, now with this big game coming on deck and how well Tampa has been playing and the ageless wonder that is Tom Brady at the quarterback position. Um, I know Monday night football is a big game here, but any chance these guys start to look ahead, especially just seeing how Tom Brady has been playing all season long and how they wax the bears, any chance there might be a little bit of a look ahead for the saints knowing that showdown is looming on a short week come next Sunday against the Tampa Bay Bucks. No, they can't do that. They need they need a win tonight. Both teams both teams need a, a win in this game. So you can't look ahead. And uh, Tom Brady, man, whoa, whoa! I, I was watching some of that game. I mean, he's got so many players around him, and I think going to Tampa was the smartest move he made with with uh, with the coaching staff and everything. It looks like they're clicking. And you got to remember, last year when they got when they played Tom, I think they played him in the Superdome the first game of the season, and they didn't have a chance to have a real training camp and everything. It, you know, going into that year, so that was a tough game for Tom. Well, this isn't the, this isn't the same story anymore. And I think uh, when uh, uh, Brown was out this game, he should be back next week. So, you know, that's going to be a, a tough game. But uh, Tampa's going to be a tough out, man. I mean, I mean, they're a tough team. The Rams got them at, up there when they went to LA, but uh, that that's not going to be a long road trip for them. And uh, they can't look for uh, ahead for that game, but uh, they're going to have their hands full when when. When Tampa Bay comes to New Orleans this time, I think you're looking at a little different team than it was last year. All right, Willie. Well, great to uh, speak with you and get your perspective on the New Orleans Saints. Thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the game up in Seattle, my friend. I'll be watching it down here in Florida, man. So I'm down in Florida with my wife and grandbaby. I'll be looking forward to seeing it, and y'all have a, y'all have a good night. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing who, uh, who, who sets the tone uh, this week uh, like uh, last Last was the last the, the last game when it, when it, when, it, uh, when Buffalo played uh, uh, Tennessee that was a good old f- football game I like to see the linemen getting downfield diving getting blocked I was sorry Lawan went down but that was a that was a that was a good football game last week so I like to see a lot of running play action you know and and moving the ball around but uh, you know it was some good it's been some good football this year and I look forward to keep watching. All right, buddy. Go Saints. And thanks again for joining us here on VSIN. That is the great Hall of Fame offensive tackle. Spent time with the New Orleans Saints and the Kansas City Chiefs, Willie Rofe. Uh, it sounds like uh, he likes the rain and the wind and that type of game, James. He wants to run the ball. You know that out of a Hall of Fame offensive tackle. Absolutely. Those guys want to get after it. They want to put players on the ground. They don't want to constantly have to get back in their pass blocking sets and hold up here, and especially with these athletes coming off the edge. And I think that's where we're seeing Sunday Night Football. The game just kicked off, and we're going to see an old smash mouth game based on the weather conditions and the fact that both these teams like to pound the football up front as well. Yeah, the field looks pretty good. Hard to tell how much the wind is blowing San Francisco with the ball to start the game. We'll be right back on the Pro Football Blitz.
This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up November 5th through the 7th, and VSIN will provide coverage from the main event all weekend long, including live on-location updates for all the action. Visit vcin.com slash SBNC for more information and learn how you can enter the Sports Betting National Championship for a chance to test your skills, win cash, including the million-dollar top prize. That's vsin.com slash SBC, excuse me, SBNC, Sports Betting National Championship, coming up. November 5th through the 7th. Excited to take a look at that. That is the second one that DraftKings has held, and that'll be very fun to cover as a part of VSIN. The San Francisco 49ers are on the board. A very successful first offensive possession for San Francisco. They missed the extra point, and that could be an issue. Robbie Gould has missed probably, I want to say, about three or four weeks, James. I believe he injured his groin a while back, and he is still out for San Francisco. A very good place kicker, very accurate is Robbie Gould, but he is out and they miss their first extra point. So six to nothing in favor of San Francisco. But we were talking about how much we expected both teams to run the ball here. Jimmy Garoppolo actually came out in the first part of this drive and threw a few passes, bootlegs, rolling to his left, making a couple of nice connections with his wide receivers. But then it really came down to the running game, Brandon Ayuk on an end around, and then it was the absolute Elijah Mitchell show. He ran about the last three or four times down the field, eventually into pay dirt. And James, it seemed like each run was for about 15 or 20 yards. I mean, he just went right through that Colts defense. That's his own blocking scheme and one cut back, and that's where you've got to either have your linebackers with gap discipline there, or I think we definitely saw the loss of Julian Blackman, one of their hard-hitting safeties, young safety for the Colts. He tore his Achilles during practice earlier this week, obviously not out on the field, and we're seeing the safeties. Missed a couple tackles in space. Andrew Sandejo out there to try to to fill in for Julian Blackman, but definitely not the playmaking ability that Blackman, that Sandejo brings that Blackman had out there. Missed a couple of tackles in open space. That's exactly what happened on that touchdown run. So, yeah, a couple play-action passes for Jimmy, Jimmy G, two for two for 18 yards, but more so the Elijah Mitchell show and the zone, that, that stretch zone running scheme right there for San Francisco. Five carries for Elijah Mitchell, 57 yards and a TD and really running in a lot of space. And they just showed a shot there where you could really see the rain coming down. So it looks like active rain, and now they're showing the flags. The wind is blowing. The wind just blew the ball off the tee. Niners trying to kick off after that score. So the weather is certainly in full effect there in Santa Clara. The live line, San Francisco now a six-and-a-half-point favorite in the live market. They closed as three-point favorites. Time to play Consider It, Book It, or Drop It here, James. And we're going to be talking about Comeback Player of the Year. I will read a player's stats. You try and guess who the mystery player is. I will reveal who that player is. And then we will consider it, drop it, or book it if we want to make a bet on what this player's odds are to win Comeback Player of the Year. So I'll get started with the first player here. After a season-ending knee injury last year, this player has really had a chip on his shoulder ever since entering the league. He's regarded as one of the most feared safeties in the NFL, and the only thing that has ever held him back is injuries. This season, he has a total of 50 tackles, one and a half sacks, two forced fumbles. Earlier today, this player's odds to win comeback player of the year were 18 to 1. Consider it, book it, or drop it. We're talking Derwin James? Derwin James, indeed. I love this player, but it's true. He's had injury trouble. Yeah. 
Yeah, and so many injuries over the years. It's just been such a struggle for him. When he's healthy, he's a tremendous playmaker out there. And But can you trust him to stay healthy? Some guys just have that injury bug about them, and it's an unfortunate situation for him because he is such a great player. But you got to stay healthy and be on the field if you want to these, win these awards. Doesn't mean you have to play all 17 games of the season, but you got to be out there more times than you miss. And I think for Derwin James, yeah, he really – he really gives the Chargers opportunities to play a lot of different coverages. They can bring him up in space. Uh, but ultimately, I don't know if I trust Jerwin James. I, I can't book it because I just don't know if I can trust James to stay healthy for another season. We just rarely see it happen. Well, I tell you, we're going to get to another player in this game here that is a heavy favorite to win this award. So I don't know if I could consider anybody else, maybe consider another player, but certainly not going to book anybody else at this point. Uh, All right, here's player number two. After being deemed a backup quarterback after being traded from his former team, this player has seemed seemed to revive his career with his new home in the same division. This player is thrown for 892 yards, 12 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and a QBR of 61.3 earlier today his odds to win comeback player of the year were 16 to 1 who is this oh traded within the I'm same division here. very low on interceptions that's new to this guy Jameis Winston <laughs> Jameis Winston I'm assuming yeah 16 to 1 on <laughs> Jameis Winston that, yeah I, I can't see it happening I mean it's it's early in the season as far as being able to come back I mean it's 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 the season's young right now and I think we're going to see more about what's going to happen and fall on Jameis Winston's shoulders here over the next few games think about going on the road playing on Monday Night Football in Seattle yeah it's not a great defense up there in Seattle the Legion of Boom that's that's of yesterday past but it is still going on the road in a tough environment and he is does not have the weapons around him but he doesn't have to have Taysom Hill looking. He's not, he's not looking over his shoulder for Taysom Hill. Hill's not going to be in this game on Monday night because of a concussion. So won't have those packages coming in. Not that he's a threat to lose his job to Taysom Hill, but you know a lot of big plays to be made out there, and that's where we really haven't seen Jameis Winston. He's had great. He's very outside of the one game in Carolina. That was a very poor game. It was a poor performance by that New Orleans Saints team as a whole. It's not one I'm probably even going to consider at this point because I think we're going to continue to see as the Saints now get healthy on the offensive line. We're going to start to see more and more of Alvin Kamara being the feature on that offense. He's going to be the playmaker. It's going to be more so Jameis just moved the sticks for us on third down. Let's not throw the ball to the wrong team and lose the game for us. So as far as comeback player of the year, I don't. that's not one I'm probably going to drop that, but as far as where he stands within that Saints offense, so far so good for how Jameis Winston has managed the offense to this point. Yeah, I, I would drop it as well, and I could certainly see Jameis Winston having a big year. You mentioned the Saints getting healthier. I could see them making a run in the playoffs, and Jameis obviously would be a big part of that, but it seems like they typically give this award to a guy that came off of devastating injury and returns to have a great year, and that's uh, one of our guys here, the next player up, after a terrible knee injury that halted his rookie season last year. He's trying to lead this team to their first division title since 2015. He's thrown for almost 2,000 yards, 13 touchdowns, and seven interceptions. Earlier today, his odds to win comeback player of the year were 12 to 1. Who's this guy? Are we talking Joe Burrow? Joe Who Burrow, else had indeed. Injury than Joe right. Burrow last. And, and, not only coming back from the injury, starting in week one. I mean, he got hurt in the, the, the last quarter of the season 
last year and he was really i think on opening day week one he was exactly eight months removed from that reconstructive surgery on his knee so some guys are just fast healers and i was skeptical how well was he going to play how comfortable is he going to be with his knee and and how tough of an injury that was to come back from in such a short period of time but then you look at what they were able to do offensively today in and Baltimore division rival, the Ravens playing as well as about anybody here. Tough, tough schedule for the Ravens to start the season, but to go in and basically put up 400 yards on the, on that Baltimore Ravens defense played basically perfect, uh, a flawless game. He did have one red zone interception, really forced to throw on third down. Could have just take, throw it away, get the points, kick the field goal. But that's kind of the mentality he has. he's a gamer. He's a competitor. And that's what I love about Joe Burrow and a tremendous performance today. Aside from that one pick, he, and that offense were clicking. They played about as perfect of a game offensively as you can, especially going on the road and playing that Martindale, Wink Martindale defense in Baltimore. Tremendous one. I think I'm definitely, I definitely would consider it. I know there's a few other folks out there we think of that are that are going to be right up at the top, but I think that's definitely one to consider when we're talking about Joe Burrow coming back. The San Francisco 49ers have added a field goal. The Indianapolis Colts on their first offensive possession fumbled the ball back to San Francisco. They just stalled in the red zone and did put the kick through the uprights to make it nine to nothing early going here still about eight minutes left in the first quarter nine to nothing san francisco they moved to nine and a half point favorites in the live market yeah i would consider joe burrow as well because obviously he did come off of a uh, devastating injury and he's looked outstanding so far this year a huge game today against the ravens and uh, i don't expect it to change for this guy you and i have both agreed here james we think he's going to be a star in the league he's an absolute leader of that franchise look what he's already done to turn around the cincinnati Bengals. uh they are off to a terrific start five and two now and on top of the AFC North. All right, finally, the huge favorite in this market. He comes off of a broken leg last year and leading his team to a tremendous start this season, earning every penny of his contract extension. He's thrown for over 18, uh, 1,800 yards, 16 touchdowns, four interceptions, a QBR of 55.3. Who is this young man? It's got to be Dak Prescott, I'm Dak assuming, Dak, indeed. Yeah, minus 300 to win comeback no. player and, of the and- year. And, and yeah, and he's been great offensively, but now they're getting that running game going. So not as many, not as many big splash plays for Dak Prescott. Continuing to see more balance out of the off- uh, offensively out of the Cowboys, and they play in one of the weakest divisions in the in football. When you're talking about the NFC East, I'd be leaning more towards Burrow right now. If Burrow can lead that Cincinnati Bengals team to win that division in the AFC North. Damn, that goes that goes a long way. I don't want. I'm I'm not gonna book it by any means for Dak Prescott. I like Burrow better. I'm with you, man. I don't want to lay minus 300 either. We'll be back in just a moment on the Pro Football Blitz. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. 
three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is the Pro Football Blitz with Brady Cannon and James Salinas on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. VSIN is now available 24 7 on the YouTube TV Sports Plus package. Sign up today at tv.youtube.com to start your free trial. Remember, you can also catch us 24 7 on Fubo TV Sling and Xfinity X1. Visit vsin.com to find out all the ways to watch and listen to V-CIN. Brady Cannon and James Salinas with you back inside the Pro Football Blitz. And Carson Wentz and the Colts are on the move in the red zone of the San Francisco 49ers. The live line has moved down to San Francisco minus 6.5. They are leading this game 9 to nothing. under 6 minutes left to go in the first quarter on 3rd and 11 deep in their own territory. Carson Wentz hit Michael Pittman Jr. on a big play, and that's where they pick up on offense trying to put a score on the board. James, I want to get back to some of the recaps. We talked about one of the real good games to watch earlier today between the Bengals and the Ravens. This was one of the worst games to watch, and you and I were talking about it, the Panthers and the Giants. We were figuring that this was shaping up to be one of the smallest handle games and probably one garnering the least entrance in interest of the card for week seven in the NFL. And it really played out that way. A totally ugly game looked like a baseball score late in the third quarter with the giants leading just five to three. And I tell you what, I'm starting to become a believer in the fact that Sam Darnold just isn't very good. He was benched today in favor of PJ Walker. He ended up going just three of 14. Darnold was 16 of 25 with an interception Giants get their second win of the season. They outscore Carolina 20 to nothing in roughly the final 16 minutes of the game. 25 to 3 was your final. Giants are 2 and 5. Panthers uh, Panthers have lost 4 in a row. They're now 3 and 4 on the year and the game stays well under the total. 
and right now playing with absolutely no confidence on the offensive side. You saw it with Sam Darnold now returning back to MetLife where he played all of his home games as a New York Jet. Was this going to be uh, back to the house of horrors? Well, it definitely looked like his days with the with the white and green uniform there when he was playing for that dysfunctional franchise in New York with the Jets side. Just thinking where Sam Darnold's head is right now. Just no confidence offensively. And I think what it's doing is it's it, it's really wearing down the defense for the Carolina Panthers, not only physically, but just psychologically. You can see where they're just, we're back out on the field again and just struggling continuously to try to move this change. They can't stay on the field as an offense for the Panthers, so the defense is having to carry more than its share when it comes to trying to keep this Panthers team competitive week in and week out, and they haven't been able to hang for the last four weeks, losing four straight, like you said, and really saw that in the fourth quarter when, yes, Sam Darnold got benched P.J. Walker goes in. Yeah, three out of 14, completely lost out there. He's throwing balls, skipping balls, little out routes to people's, to receivers' feet. No confidence right now from the Panthers, and they went for it. Panthers went for it in their, deep in their own territory, inside their own 20, fourth and long, late in that fourth quarter, couldn't get it, and then you really saw it with the Panthers. You could just feel it. I like to read body language, and I clearly saw the Panthers come out there when it was 18-3 to at that point, and they just put their head down, and there was a quick 19-yard rush by the New York Giants into the end zone. Devontae Berker touchdown sealed the deal right there. But I think there's you start to see that happen as seasons progress with certain teams, Brady, where you have one unit, whether it's the offense or the defensive side, carrying this team throughout each week, being the better unit out there on the field, and they start to get tired, not only physically tired, but I think that starts to create some dissension within the locker room. I've seen it happen in a number of teams throughout the years where you know the, the offense and defense Units don't always love each other anyway because they're well. At least in the old days, they used to beat each other on beat each beat up on each other on practice all the time. But yeah, they start to feel like man, we you guys got to carry your weight on that side too, and a little dissension. And I think dissension creeping into that locker room right now harmful to the the collective chemistry of this team. What's Matt Rule doing? Where's Joe Brady at? It's just an ugly performance all the way around for this Carolina Panthers team who went in as a small road favorite here laying three because we could have said the same thing for the New York Giants the last few weeks, how horrible they've been especially playing in MetLife Stadium. They were 0-3 going into this game where the New York Giants in those three games only scored four offensive touchdowns and two of those were in garbage time in blowouts to the Rams and the Broncos so this was a team that wasn't coming in playing very well either and they didn't play well up until that fourth quarter but I think it was really just Carolina wearing down because offensively nothing to be had for this Carolina Panthers team yeah no absolutely not I think you make a good point and we've seen that with other teams even this season the Jets defense have been playing pretty well and they're just getting worn out by the lack of production by their offense and it seems to be creeping into that Carolina game uh, team now where that defense is also young James so there's not a lot of veteran leadership to kind of hold it together, uh, and it looks like they're starting to wear thin. I mean, when you give up uh, 25 points to the New York Giants uh, and only are able to score three, that is absolutely not how you expect that game to turn out if you're Matt Rule. Uh, so they've got a lot of work to do, and, and Christian McCaffrey returning to that lineup is not going to fix all the issues that they have right now. The Indianapolis Colts are on the board. Carson Wentz to Mo Alley-Cox, and they make the extra point, so now 9-6. to 
seven in favor of the San Francisco 49ers. Just under five minutes left to go in the first quarter, and they are five, or excuse me, four and a half point favorites in the live market. Your live total at 49 and a half. Uh, the Panthers stay on the road. They will visit the Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta was made a three and a half point favorite over the summer. New York goes to Kansas City. They will take on the Chiefs on Monday night. Kansas City was made a 10-point favorite in that game over the summer. The Washington football team, they visited the Green Bay Packers in Lambeau Field. And the good news here, James, my teaser got there, catching plus 15 with the Washington football team just (laughs) barely as they lose by 14. Thanks to Ron Rivera and company for kicking a field goal there late in the game to get my teaser through. The bad news is Washington continues to struggle I thought their defense actually looked pretty decent today, better certainly than they have in recent weeks. But I tell you what, I think the shine has finally come off Taylor Heineke. He threw a lot of passes high today. They really sailed on him. The offense did not look sharp. And they're headed for a first-to-worst move, it looks like, now at 2-5 and on the year in that NFC East division. Yeah, and a bad division to be had there for where at least for Washington. Some more uh, thinking about where they stand. We they not going to be in first place, that's for sure. But man, I think for Washington, yeah, with Taylor Heineke, just poor decision making. He's a young quarterback, and we know that, and hasn't had a whole lot of starts under his belt through a red zone interception today. Bad judgment there. But I think on the other side, we saw Green Bay just kind of feel like, all right, we know this is just a do-it-to-get-through-it game. It really, We didn't see that great intensity coming out of the Green Bay Packers. And anytime you have Aaron Rodgers back there, you know, all right, whatever, if we got to get, if it's a close game, we know we can rely on Aaron to pick us up in the second half and make some plays. And kind of a pedestrian effort all the way around for the Green Bay Packers. Just put 24 points up on the board. Good effort out of Rodgers, 27 out of 35 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. But just never really fed a, a felt a real competitive spirit or energy out of Green Bay thinking about the number of high-level games they had played prior to this game today against Washington and then a short week coming up on deck against the only undefeated team in the NFL the Arizona Cardinals on the road on Thursday night so kind of expected that bit of an effort or a lackluster effort out of the Green Bay Packers but more so now you look at the other side Where's Washington going to go from here? They're not Taylor Heineke, yeah, throwing the football. He's the quarterback, but he was their leading rusher today. Ten carries for 95 yards. No commitment to the run game here for Washington. Their offensive line is really beat up. The secondary is getting torched week in and week out and not seeing consistent pressure out of that fearsome foursome on the front line for that defensive front four with the Washington football team like we saw in the second half of last season and just not seeing adjustments made at the coaching level right now. Brady, haven't seen it all season long. It's still seems like this is the same team that we've seen from week one into now week six into week seven here where just not seeing any coaching and any adjustment going on and where's the leadership on this team we know we've got leaders when it comes to to the old guard there as the coaching staff with ron rivera jack del rio etc but pretty young team as well on on that side defensively not seeing the leadership kind of galvanize this team on that defensive side and starting I think we're going to start to see more fingers being pointed not just from the offense and Taylor Heineke's mistakes but more so this defense just not being having any consistency and being one of the worst defenses in the league to this point I thought maybe today was their best effort and they still lost by 14 points that doesn't say a lot about that Washington no. defense the uh, San Francisco 49ers at a field goal Kyle Shanahan gambles kicks a 56 yarder and it is good they now go up 12 to 7 
on the Indianapolis Colts. Just about three minutes left in the first quarter. San Francisco moves to a five and a half point favorite in the live market. Your live total up to 52 and a half. Uh, Green Bay, you mentioned they will travel to Arizona taking on the Cardinals on Thursday night. Arizona was made a three-point favorite in this game over the summer. You wonder where that one is going to be. I, I, I would imagine Arizona is going to be a favorite, James, but I be, I, I'm betting yeah. probably less than three points. I don't know if it'll be a full field goal over the Green Bay Packers coming to town. And then the Washington football team and all their struggles at 2-5, and five, they will take on the Denver Broncos in the Mile High City in your neck of the woods there. And over the summer, Denver was made a three-point favorite in this one. I think this one's interesting. Denver may come out as a three-point favorite once again. Obviously, this team has been in, uh, in an incredible struggle as of late after starting the season out 3-0. and These are two teams, Washington and Denver, that are really trying to find themselves. Interesting to see what that line will come out as when we roll into next week. The Pro Football Blitz continues in a moment. Stick with us. It's VSIN and VSIN.com, the sports betting network. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, Have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. CNN. 